welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest you probably heard multiple times in season one. I'm pretty sure that this is her fourth appearance on the podcast. She is an amazing practitioner. She has so many tools in her toolkit, and she's also a great friend as well and her name is Cassie Aurora. So she is now on the podcast to talk about homeopathy because after giving birth to her daughter, Bonnie, she was struggling, honestly, for a little bit. She talks about this in the episode, but I was even helping her with some nutrition stuff and it was helping, but there was something missing. And I honestly believe that everything happens for a reason. So she then found the world and the wonders of homeopathy, something that I personally knew what it was but I kind of never experienced using it and never had personal experience with that until Cassie guided me through some protocols recently but for those who don't know and just want a little reminder Cassie is a fertility homeopath she's a yoga teacher she's previously been on to talk about astrology so she knows a lot about a lot of different things and she specializes now in helping couples to conceive naturally to thrive in pregnancy and be empowered in birth and beyond. I know she has big goals with her business and she really found her experience during pregnancy, labor and postpartum difficult. So now her mission is to help others, hopefully not suffer like she did. So in this episode, we discuss what exactly is homeopathy and her story about how she found it, factors contributing to infertility these days and why is infertility on the rise. She covers this from a homeopathic standpoint Remedies, common remedies for pregnancy, labor, postpartum, and then additional postpartum tips as well. And what she's doing differently next time around, because she's already planning her second pregnancy. I think she said at first that she like wouldn't want to go through it again because she had such horrible experience. But I think because she now has these tools available to her and she really has tapped into her wisdom and her witchy powers um, so she has lots of things that she would do differently and she's sharing them with us today on the episode so hopefully we can prevent some mistakes that she made so I am more excited than ever to share Cassie and her amazing skills with you all for a completely different subject this time around but that said it's kind of all similar I think this is everything on her path has been leading her to where she's at today so I'm really proud of her and I know you're going to love her as much as I do Hi, Cassie. Welcome back, I think, for the fourth time, fourth of it. <laughs> I don't know, it's got, I thought it was a third, so. I think it's, yeah, because we did one in pregnancy, but you might have been like baby brain situation going on. I remember you were highly constipated at the time, so that might have, you might have blocked that out from your memory as a trauma. No, I remember <laughs> that significantly, actually. I think about that like very often. And each time you've been on, you've, you've discussed a different subject, I think. So we've covered like astrology, pregnancy, and now I've got you on to talk about homeopathy because this is now like your thing, you're obsessed with it, and it's like changed your life. And I've even tried it since you've been studying, and I'm like, oh my God, why have I not known about this sooner? So I've just covered a little bit about your bio and who you are and what you do, but maybe from a follow-on from last recording which I'll link in the show notes when you were pregnant what happened for the following months after that and what led you to finding homeopathy wow like where do I begin? Everyone now knows me as 
the constipated woman. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, so I went through pregnancy. I don't remember that podcast, so God knows where I was. I'm guessing it was somewhere in my second trimester. Um, and then I gave birth. Um, I had... A lot of issues with the system when it came to the end of pregnancy and my birth. I am someone that really likes to do things uh, in a way that aligns with nature, with my body. I'm not like an idiot, like I will seek out help in an emergency, but birth was definitely something that I felt really fine about. And then towards the end of my pregnancy, I had a like a measurement, at, uh, like a routine midwife appointment, and I was measuring like small on my fundal height, which is like how big your bump is basically. And then they referred me for scans, and they kept telling me like my baby was small, and I knew at the time there was an error on ultrasounds and how accurate they were. And I kind of said, you know, look, they're not accurate. Um, you know, you know as well as I do. And like, yeah, and we're not worried because you're small, but just come back for another scan. And then next thing I know, it just kept going on that Bonnie was measuring small. That that was Bonnie. I was pregnant with Bonnie at the time, and like they're just laying on the pressure that basically she's gonna, I'm gonna basically have a stillbirth and all this crazy stuff. Um, and that they wanted to induce me, and I felt very strongly that I didn't want induction or an elective C-section. That was not for me, and um they just kept laying on thick and I kept saying no up until about 41 weeks where they're like you really need to be induced now um because you're at danger of like your baby being stillborn and all this stuff and it was really horrible and I didn't want that and at the same time you're a first-time mum you're impressionable and there's only so much like coercion that can happen before you cave and just like just leave me alone so I kind of decided to go for acupuncture um I didn't know about homeopathy at the time so I went for acupuncture said just get me going she's um, a midwife near me who does acupuncture and she gave me acupuncture sure as sure enough about six hours later I began like I would say not active labor but it was very established contractions and anyway I was like I'll just go for the induction and tell them I don't need it because I'm like in labor definitely then I got there and they were like oh here's your wristband and like it was signed in even before like I'd seen anyone and they were like oh no we'll just put the gel on and like the minimum it'll do is just move things along and I'm very sensitive so essentially what happened was they put the gel on and then the next thing I know I'm having like contractions that are all over the place everything went from being very natural to being very unnatural and I had like a 45 minute labor from when the gel went on to like Bonnie being out, which is, if you don't know anything about labor, that's really, really quick for a first time labor, maybe not for a second, but to be honest, it was absolutely terrifying. And when I was in labor, they kept like trying to make me lie down. They kept saying, you know, stay still because we need to monitor the baby. Um, like they kept telling me to push harder and and my body was like ejecting like mm -hmm. you know I just ignored them at this point but it was horrible just being told to push there's like four women in there just I don't even know what was going on completely so, against your natural instincts yeah like I knew when it's obvious when to push when you're with induced labors and things like that you have no idea if you have an epidural you're not going to know when to push so obviously you need to be coached through it and obviously there's a lot of more risks than ending in C-section for reasons I won't get into like now. But anyway, um, it was a complete mess. Um, I wish I'd have just stood my ground um, because for me, it was very traumatic in that I wasn't heard. And, you know, it's all like my fault really for not learning to stand up for myself. But, you know, you're a first time mom. I was very immature back then. Um, and because of that, you know, we were both in shock after she was born um then there was a whole placental birth which no one really talks about but it is a hard work and uh they class it as an emergency if you don't birth the placenta within an hour and that you have to go into theater in certain hospitals but it's, it's quite it's most hospitals 
And that's not really true, actually, that it's emergency. And um, so that become another thing. And They just want you, like, then, in and out, don't they? <laughs> like, yeah. let's get you in, like, this time, let's whip the baby out and then on to the next person. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels. And I couldn't have my skin to skin. Bonnie was quite traumatised, I think, because um, fast births can be very traumatic for babies. She wouldn't feed. She wouldn't breastfeed. We spent about two weeks really trying. I was just, like, in complete shock. She was in complete shock. It was just a mess. And then I kind of gave up with the breastfeeding, which was a big um, – that was a really, really, really horrible decision for me. But I was, like, on – I mean – everyone was like you need to just stop trying you know and um the breastfeeding community weren't really helpful like Amy was really helpful and our mutual friend Amy Mm -hmm. she was so helpful and when I said I I literally can't do it she was like do you know what it's fine you know and you just you you needed permission (laughs) yeah (laughs) someone to just tell you like no just stop this isn't gonna happen Yeah. yeah and you know I really struggled afterwards postpartum had body aches you know, everything was just, it was just not good. It was mainly like the intrusive thoughts. Like I was, very, and when I say intrusive, like I'd be walking down the road and I'd just be like, what if I just jump in front of that bus now? And it was just really bizarre. And I just didn't feel right at all. I felt a lot of grief. I didn't feel baby love, you know, meant to feel all that love. I, I didn't feel any of that. I was like really struggled, fell back into like a lot of, restrictive eating patterns um I really struggled in that period and it was a very very probably one of the darkest times of my life if I'm honest um but I needed that to um kind of get to the uh the level of kind of peace and I guess um a healing like I've experienced now for lack of a better word so I um then was like three months postpartum kind of like asking the universe please just give me something that will help me feel better because I was just not the person I wanted to be just couldn't cope um so then I was walking in the park and about an hour later I just had this light bulb moment that I should try homeopathy and I didn't really know about homeopathy I'd had um a friend who'd given me arnica once and I was like okay this is shit doesn't work because I'm so much into like detox and like material stuff even though I was into Reiki I would I would like take loads of homeopathy and stuff and it would work because mm-hmm. you know that can happen um and then I had my first appointment and I remember the first remedy I took bearing in mind my body was aching all over like I could barely pick up Bonnie at this point because my hands was and joints were in so much pain and then the next morning I woke up and like all the pain had gone I remember in the night I'd like sweated I had a big sweat sweat and then all the pain had gone I was like oh okay what did they think that pain was like looking back what would you put that down to I'm not sure inflammation I think so Mm. but like I didn't have a remedy for inflammation I had a remedy for um, had a remedy called cephalinum which is uh, it is like a cell uh, where the body sort of is more destructive so it makes sense um, with emerald and hornbeam so really emotional remedies actually so I think the joint pain was largely emotional um, but yeah anyway uh, I yeah just had a nice steady kind of lifting up and then then like I felt loads better but I think about uh the second protocol I had where I did like a HPV um vaccine detox was like the one that changed me a lot loads came out I did a birth control detox and that was when my health really started getting a lot better I remember your skin was like freaking out then wasn't it yeah what's going on with my skin (laughs) Yeah, because it was like all the crap coming out, like it was a lot. And then, you know, I've done various other things, but then I decided about three months in because we had a lot of things with Bonnie and night terrors and she really struggled. It was like when I realised that homeopathy was like super powerful, was yes with myself, and I was like, okay, this is amazing. I kind of started reading. But then she was having these night terrors and I booked her in and she was having a lot of problems 
with many things. And we gave her a Stramonium 10M, which was her birth remedy. It's for fast birth and cesarean section birth. It's um, And you could use it even if you're an adult and you had traumatic birth, if it was relevant. And uh, her night terrors literally stopped that night. A lot mm. of things stopped. Um, and, you know, she would get uh, eczema, really bad eczema that went, um, you know, she... Like when I saw it with Bonnie, like I knew it wasn't placebo. And I remember when you came around and visited and mm. she had that that contact yeah. with and she started getting hives all over her hands and her face. And we and I gave her a remedy and it went within what as seconds? quick as it came, as quick as it went. <laughs> it was mad. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> That's when I was like first learning about homeopathy. And I knew, like I believe you that it works, but just to see it, a rash and hives and everything settle in seconds was amazing. Yeah, that, that just, proves that it's not placebo because a kid's not, and even animals like people use it on their pets, and yeah, so yeah, they yeah. can't lie if it's getting better. They don't know what's happening. Exactly, and we've used it for her with sickness, where she had a stomach bug, and within thirty minutes she's like running around. And we've used it with ear infections when I didn't know she had an ear infection for like three days, and she was screaming. And then I found that she had one, and within thirty minutes of having the remedy, she's like back to normal and. You can't say the same for antibiotics and yeah. stuff like that. So really for me, like, that that was kind of when I'd already started studying. Like, I knew that it was, like, my calling. It called to a part of me that felt like I knew it. In, I, there was, And my supervisor only said to me the other week, I prescribe, like, I've been prescribing for years, you know. So there's some part of me that thinks, you know, I really know this on an innate level, but I think it's because it's nature. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean to get every prescription right first time, but, you know. <laughs> um, and you so recently then, guided uh, me through a wisdom tooth infection, and that's when I was like, this yeah. stuff works, because I managed to avoid antibiotics for, like, quite a bad wisdom tooth infection. The dentist was like, please take them. This is quite serious. And I was like, I'll just see how I go on with my, I think it was, like, chamomilla at the time, because um, I was taking painkillers, but obviously I started to feel the effects of them, and I didn't like it. And within taking, like, my remedy at the time was chamomilla. It could be different for someone else's tooth infection. But within minutes of me taking that, I had the same pain relief as an ibuprofen, but with all of, without all of the negative side effects. Yeah, that's how it so goes. I'm also hooked now. Yeah, yeah. And it was sulfur as well. I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many. And we have... We even have like homeopathic antibiotics, you know, if it did get to that, we just say take the, the it's called the war mix. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like a homeopathic penicillin, like, so sometimes we do use them. It's very rare because usually the body knows what to do. Sometimes homeopathy just comes in and basically stimulates it to do what it needs to do. And antibiotics kind of, you know, they they just uh, suppress the symptoms or wipe out all the bacteria, but that doesn't mean it's healed. Um, and you'll, I'll have cases where someone's had chronic ear infections for, you know, their childhood, and then we we do an antibiotics cleanse, the ear infection comes back again after like 20 years, but then it will go because they can treat it with and it will not come back. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many infections, like as you know, can live in your body and create havoc on like the most subtle level until you actually do the deeper work and so you know with homeopathy I've done a, a fair few protocols in the last year to know that it's life-changing and you know for me I went from a place of being really really traumatized with birth traumatized around the loss of my mom which I don't think I've ever been able to process I lost her when I was 15 very suddenly I don't have any family really I've got my sister um got my brother who's kind of lives away like we're not close and that's it you know my mom was really kind of it um and feeling really like alone in the world and a bit odd to feeling very at peace with my life very content most days I don't really get stressed now um I just I don't know like, I could just feel like totally at peace and I'm excited to have another child you know it's probably the first time in my life I felt real love and joy again in a long long time because I can almost see a difference in you in like I can't remember when was your hen do like September? Like the first of September. Yeah. So like even since then I can tell like way more chilled energy. 
from you. And yeah, we're just yeah. Over Zoom now, I can even tell from that. And you said this this past prescription that you've had, uh, this past protocol, you've noticed a big shift. And yeah, it's definitely reflecting. Yeah, I asked her to deal with my control issues <laughs> around. Can health. I get some of that? <laughs> you know most people in our space they've still just got it in the Mm. background we redirect it and just because it's a positive form um you know like I would be like Hoover I still love Hoover in my house to be fair but like I would be very anal clean you know be very controlling around food like I was relaxing but it was still there like everything was still it was like I was holding on and my nervous than what it has been but it's still not normal yeah and my nervous system was so on edge because of like the shock of birth and the shock of my mum and these experiences that I hadn't, these like traumatic experiences that I hadn't been able to just, I'd done deep work, but nothing was really getting to that level, even somatic work. Um, and then I had another remedy, which is for, it's a big remedy for like, who am I? Like, I, it's like you were on that track and then now I'm on that track and I can't reconcile who I've become and what my life is. And it's also a great remedy for like <clears throat> IVF babies. And you know, it's like the remedy of our times to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like, and there was another remedy I think I had, but I asked her to just go for the trauma and that was like the most liberating. So, you know, homeopathy does work on material levels and um, mental, emotional, you know, it's, it's incredible really and you know it's even hard to explain how much I love it it's just it's like pure truth so so yeah and now I'm you know working with patients as we meant to call them but I always call them clients I don't know um you'd be used to that from your other your other work yeah yeah um for fertility and you know postpartum so I'm really enjoying that and have a few children I work with as well. And, you know, because once you kind of have the mum, you kind of have the children. And yeah. Yeah. You've get got the them family. for the whole journey. So I'm guessing homeopathy yeah. is safe. Is there anyone who shouldn't use it, who can't use it? No, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I would say is there's homeopathy cures and it gives you a complete cure. You know, it's safe, effective and permanently heals, permanently cures and that's really why it was brought about because Dr. Hanneman, who kind of came up with it at the time, about 200 years ago or something like that, realised that medicine didn't actually do anything and he was sick of that. He was like, there has to be something, um, you know, and, and so everyone can have it. Whether we can cure things, like, for example, Tourette's can be cured, but if you get it after puberty, you're never really going to fully cure it. Mm-hmm. Um, other people argue you could. I don't know. I guess you could like really like, still con- control and manage it really well. Yeah, and then if you have something like endometriosis, when the scar tissue, most homeopaths will say, "Look, you can't, you can't reverse the scar tissue. We can prevent more, and you can manage pain and manage hormones." which is true it's still loads um, but, more than the conventional options conventional medicine yeah that's just like shutting yeah. everything down let's turn off your hormones yeah. like, obviously like, you're gonna get some right? relief but then you get like a million other problems as a result yeah yeah and the same with pcos i've just done a <laughs> massive assignment on pcos jesus christ <laughs> vivian help me um but with pcos you can shrink you know cysts mm-hmm. they they shrink away and fibroids so you know it's mixed it's a mixed bag it depends it depends how long you're willing to work with it you know and is, it classed as, almost... is it classed as energy medicine like these little tiny pellet things or the liquids that people have like what is actually in there yeah well a lot of people call it energy medicine because they don't there's everything material like supplements and herbs and tinctures and then beyond that because we can't measure a molecule it's just energy after that Mm. point I don't like that term because I think when we use that term all of a sudden science goes well what's the mechanism people get put off it's not plausible goodbye and no one wants to know so I call it potentized medicine just to be more confused that's super catchy (laughs) when you start out with like say you start off with arsenicum which is a poison if you've arsenic 
arsenic. You dilute, all remedies are diluted and succussed, apart from things like tissue salts or something like that, or tinctures. You can take tinctures in homeopathic form, but they start to get diluted and succussed, which is banging, until they go beyond Avogadro's limit, which means there's no detectable molecules in there. And the succussion, like if you look back through alchemy and the schools of alchemy, releases or dynamizes, and the word dynamize meaning it raises the frequency or energy of the substance. And this is where everyone goes, well, it's not. It's <laughs> people. Yeah, but it basically gets beyond a material substance to the energy or the Imagine if arsenicum or arsenic had a personality. It's like you're taking a personality or something. So it's a bit like if you went and hung around with loads of hairy bikers. After a day, you'd probably be acting a bit like a hairy biker. or something. Mm-hmm. That's probably not a great analogy. You know, and so how homeopathy works is the it's like cure like. So the remedy you take if you took that and you were healthy and you took loads and loads of it, you would eventually start taking on the energy of that remedy. So say that you took chamomilla, for example, you'd start having incredible pain, you'd be hypersensitive, you'd be hot, maybe hot and red in the face, you know, very angry, uh, angry pain, hyper pain, nerve pain. And then that would be like, approving because you'd start acting like the remedy Mm. but say that you have an illness like your tooth that was that level of pain you were that like ill with it that matched those symptoms of chamomilla then you take that medicine and that medicine it like resonates with where you're at and so that artificial disease that matches your real disease makes your body have a healing response towards the artificial disease so that your body actually does the healing it needs to do. So it directs your vital force, which is kind of like, you know, that if you've got a cold, your body eventually heals. There's that vital force, that intelligence that you have that heals the cold. Sometimes it doesn't quite do it. So um, homeopathy precisely directs the vital force where it wants it to go. So when it comes to chronic issues obviously people have chronic issues that they never fully heal from or they do loads of material work and they're feeling there's loads of improvements but something just doesn't quite go then there's a space for homeopathy because if someone's eating pretty well they've got no deficiencies you know they're fairly balanced homeopathy can be the thing that kicks their vital force into doing the thing it needs to do to heal um and depending on schools of homeopathy is how, how it's done. I'm very flexible as a prescriber, but some people are just classical. There's one remedy and it's not detox. It's not tautopathy, which is like drug stuff. It's basically a classical remedy and you would just take that. Other people really like detox protocols, which focus a lot on allopathic cleansing and, um, metal heavy metal cleansing and so things like that so you can do that with homeopathy and the advantage I guess is it's more gentle and it nudges the body to just detoxify what it needs to rather than what it doesn't need to so you know with the metal cleanse say that you've got really high cadmium really high copper something like that and you have fine levels of tin or something and aluminium you take polymetals the body will just detox what it needs to mm-hmm. or leave out what it doesn't. Yeah. Because oh, the body force the body to just like deplete itself. Exactly. And a lot of metal cleansing, you know, is it chelation, chelation, mm-hmm. chel- chelation or whatever? Chelation. That's completely, yeah, chelation. <laughs> I got it right. Um, really aggressive on the yeah. system, whereas homeopathy is a gentler way. So, so it's kind of like the yin to the, uh, kind of nutritional therapy yang Mm -hmm. and the idea that we would just do both yeah and often it's the missing piece Mm -hmm. you know for a lot of people it is a missing piece so yeah we can classify it in its own form of medicine like we've got the 
the material Thanks. stuff, as you're saying, it's not typically and en- just energy medicine. It's like it's homeopathy. Yeah, it's a it's a full system of medicine. It's as complete as allopathy. I'd argue probably more, but it's a complete system where any diagnosis could be treated with homeopathy. And in places like India, it is because mm. it's cheap. Yeah, you know, it's really cheap and it works. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And what are some of the things that affect this vital force? So if that's like a big driver of chronic illness, chronic infection, is it is it similar things that maybe I talk about on the podcast or environmental stuff, um, toxins, infections, yeah. are there any extra things? Yeah, so it's things you talk about. We have things called miasms in um, homeopathy, which are your genetics. So you inherit miasms. So it's a bit different in homeopathy. We have like syphilitic miasm, soric miasm, which everyone has. And these are like diseases that are in our bloodline or and often with like British Europe, people are quite tubercular. But we inherit them. And things like vaccination is one thing that will activate a miasm and bring it in that we otherwise wouldn't have just susceptibility through poor diet trauma is the big one poor diet yes but the bigger ones are trauma vaccinations because they alter your natural susceptibility and you are just susceptible to certain things where other people aren't so say that you're out in the world and you meet lime or mold it depends on the strength of your vital force but if your vital force gets bashed down and bashed down, it gets to a point where obviously it's more susceptible. But when it comes to chronic disease, the vital force usually is so depleted at that point, it actually is a case of raising the energy. And people that are generally healthy get quite horrible sick acutes, like they get really violently sick for like 24 hours every season, and that's actually quite healthy. Mm-hmm. Um we want to worry when we don't get sick at all and we've yeah. just got chronic issues. And have your body react 
and sweat it out, vomit it out, and then be good after 24 or 48 hours. Yeah, like strong vital force. But, you know, it's all the same things as you, you know, pesticides. It's all the same things that result in ill health, probably about the vital force and also bad relationships and mm. bad home life and, you know, the things we maybe don't think of, environment being and career you know, not living your purpose. There are some schools of homeopathy that say it's all to do with spiritual, spiritual, what's the word, like contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, they say that in their teachings and then when you see the clinical work, it's really different. But they say it's all a spiritual disease. Everything is a spiritual disease and, you know, we, you have to take or leave all of that stuff. But think it's all in there so I kind of like to be as integrative as possible um so I'm guessing there's going to be like thousands and thousands of remedies yeah Yeah. sorry to tell you there's (laughs) there's 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 just I mean there's still they make remedies from all things you have poisons snake venom plants minerals metals then you have um colors got remedies from colors stones uh, there's a remedy made from x-ray there's a remedy made from uh, mobile phone radiation there's re- mm-hmm. remedies from what's one of the far- like rainwater so one of the big ones for if you feel you've got like shedding effects mm-hmm. there's like remedies for that which are made from disease products or from actual there's remedies made from like poo bacteria there's remedies made from actual allopathic medicines organs so we use organs for organs a bit like you eat liver for liver uh it's quite i really love just looking through all the remedies you can get and you're due to qualify early next year like spring 2023 yeah but um how my course works is i'm basically can practice now just everything i see is with a supervisor Mm -hmm. so um you know, the last year, I don't know what it was like at your college, but the last year is just purely clinic work and cases. So you're, yeah. you know, you're not going to... That was my favourite part, though. Seeing I, it in no, action, like learning about its phone, but like seeing how things respond in people is like the best part. Yeah, because what works for one just doesn't work the other. Mm-hmm. And it's, and sometimes you look, I look back at some prescriptions where I didn't really follow my gut and I'm like, it didn't work. Mm. And of course it didn't work. And then other ones where I'm like, I'm just going to do this. It feels like the wrong thing they've had. You know, I've got a, a, my first, because all my clients now are just finishing protocols or just starting, you know, in terms of fertility. I've got my first patient who's come back and is pregnant after no periods. And that's just three months of work. And I'm just like, you know, she didn't change anything. She did eggs every day because so you need to start mm-hmm. eating eggs. Mm-hmm. But she did um, a birth control cleanse. Right. So you feel like that made the biggest impact for her? I think so. Well, we used other remedies because you always can lay a lot in. We did an organ support, um, which was specifically for uterus. Like sepia is a big remedy. A lot of people get prescribed. But what potency you do it is what, like, where it tends to resonate. So if you she had some remedies in a six, a six is very low and that's more material the higher you get generally, the deeper it is and the more it works into the past and to your overall emotional energy is mm-hmm. more dynamic there. So, yeah, anyway, she did a birth control cleanse and, you know, I think birth control is one of the worst things to happen to women, to be honest, yeah. in the 21st century. <laughs> you can say that's safe on, on this podcast because I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's it's like that. It's created as being this, like liberating thing for women but it actually like ruins our health and yeah I know you're always showing about like the relationship you posted something on stories today about how it affects the like choosing a partner because of the pheromones and just we're more attracted to people who are similar to us which is crazy so no wonder divorce rates are like what is it one in two marriages end in divorce now I mean maybe (laughs) not surprising (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the, that T-shirt experience really funny. I don't know if you know if if you haven't yeah, done the T-shirt experiment. Have you, did you read about it though when the man did it for the wo- women? No. Okay, so the experiment was in a nutshell: women smelt T-shirts of men 
and they pin them on who would be most attractive. The men that they found most attractive were the ones that would have a different miasm to them or, like, it, that's homeopathic talk, but it just means, like, different immune systems. Were so these women on, that, on the pill in this study? They were. So there was two groups. The women that were on the pill picked the wrong mm. one. They picked the one that didn't align with nature, yeah. which would have resulted in, like, not the most healthy immune system. Funny enough, in... Um, homeopathy we called the pill like a syphilitic thing it's against nature it reverses the process of nature and you know that is very syphilitic thing and then and then they did it with women that weren't on the pill and they chose the match that was opposite to them was most beneficial for immune system and so on and then it, it goes on they come off the pill and they're attracted to a different smell but then they did the smell this is not related to homeopathy but it's just funny to know then they did it with men for women's t-shirts and there were loads of uh, high rankers just as you expect and then there was Annie or Abby that scored the most and it turns out that Annie was like a, a chimp <laughs> oh, I was not <laughs> expecting that Oh, my God, that's so funny. She was the wild card. Yeah, so she was like a primate. So So men are actually more attracted to... Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, my God, that was hilarious. I love that you brought that up. (laughs) It's just a bit of entertainment, really. That was very good. No, we'll get back into the science, though. (laughs) And how homeopathy can support... So fertility, so you mentioned like you've had success already, like quite quickly as well. Um, We obviously can't rush things and the body will heal when it's ready, but results can can be pretty quick, can't they? With my pain, with your mood, um, with other other symptoms, like we can get quick relief. Unlike other things, even like supplements, it can take months sometimes to start to impact with herbs or whatever. Yeah, and I do. I like. I'm a bit. It depends on the potency. Like a tenem, you every remedy has a different length of time that it's acting. And I do say to my fertility patients, please wait. But the majority of them come to homeopathy as a last resort. They've been trying for years. So then it's like, what they don't want to wait. Have an amazing patient now. Um, that is like, no, I'm going to wait till we've done the metal cleanse because polymetals are a big one that generally most fertility patients need and that tends to be why not the only reason but a big reason why there's recurrent miscarriage and homeopathy can really work as like a hybrid between herbalism and you know nutrition nutritional detox like integrative medicine detox because you know we can piece together a prescription that has a polymetal cleanse it has liver and bowel support so instead of doing enemas if that's what someone might not want to do we can really try to get that through the protocol um and because it's where your body's at you'll never detox more than your body mm. is, is capable of doing that's why i really like the homeopathic detox options um but yeah say you are having recurrent miscarriages then we can layer in not always polymetals but usually you could layer in like uterus support polyhormones so we're just giving a broad range of hormones if we don't really know so even if you don't have diagnostics usually we can do a lot because a lot of people don't want to spend on IVF or they're not ready to spend on IVF or it costs loads and it's like do homeopathy first it's way cheaper way less invasive but also if we have a diagnosis of PCOS we can work with that to get ovulation happening instead of things like Clomid or you know worse metformin which you know isn't even technically for that but they Mm -hmm. give it off label I don't know why um even things like twisted uterus you know things that people are told are going to stop them it's not always the case, but I just think with fertility, it is good to give it at least three to six months because although homeopathy is fast, and I like to think that because homeopathy is so dynamic, we could maybe be affecting egg quality in like real time, but we don't know that. And because there is no research on that, it's like, why don't we give it like a good three months? And like, you know, I'm preparing for like my second pregnancy now and I'm doing a metal cleanse. Well, I will be starting it next week and I'll be doing, you know, just things that are more gentle 
like placenta and we can give uh, breast milk. These are all really nice holding remedies. But there are other things that can cause miscarriage and they're not metals um, if that is like an issue. And that they're different remedy pictures and we can do different remedies, have miscarriage in the fifth month, miscarriage in the second month. Some remedies like cephalinum, if you are, have a strong syphilitic miasm, which most patients do when they have re recurring miscarriage, you can give one high dose of that and that clears a genetic picture and that clears a tendency for all of those disease like nervous system diseases, ulcerative diseases, the same as itis. So any itis, like a arthritis, but the, mm -hmm. any of those we can clear with homeopathy, uh, with like medorinum. So there's, you know, there's no way so that that's not impacting like the, the next generation. Of course it's going to be, but no, there's no yeah, like, proof of that. It definitely does because you'll notice when the mum heals, the baby heals. But like at the same time, if you look through someone's family history, which we do in homeopathy, you'll see a syphilitic miasm where someone can die with a syphilitic miasm. And if someone's in the room, the minute that person dies, that miasm can jump because we know that energy doesn't move. It just, I mean, it doesn't die. Like it goes somewhere. Yeah, it's one of the most like insidious and people that say like they feel they've been cursed it we can trace it back to like and they were like at a relative's death and it feels like they've been cursed and then that's actually the miasm jumping so miasms do jump but generally they're inherited and activated but um it's it wouldn't be the first time i've seen it and that's where we get a bit like woo woo and have freaky stories about like curses being lifted and and this so like, like suits you as a person with all of your previous yeah. like interests and all the witchy stuff, the astrology, like where were you born? Like what are the planets doing? All this trauma and yoga and breath work. Like this is just the perfect career path for you. Combo. <laughs> yes. Combo. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then into pregnancy. Again, like safe to use during pregnancy. And some people even um start getting into pregnancy during postpartum for the kids health so can you share like some common symptoms and maybe I know you can't give specifics but just general remedies and how they could be used for things like morning sickness yeah so morning sickness is the big one and if I'm honest with you if I'd never found homeopathy I just wouldn't be pregnant again because I'm like I never want to do morning sickness again. There's so much you can do in homeopathy. Um, I've got a post on my Instagram about morning sickness, so just have a look at that. But And when it's something like that, you could just book in for an acute appointment, which is like a 20-minute appointment, and I don't need much for that. But with pregnancy, when someone falls pregnant, if they're even in the middle of a protocol, I pull them off everything because – at that point, it's like we've done what we need to do. They're fertile. The body's obviously showing it's well enough at that point to get pregnant. So it's kind of like see what happens. But there are lots of things, you know, stretch marks. We can do things for that, you know, bones, small babies. You know, you could do things for that. Um, tissue salts are really nice in pregnancy because they're a bit like a nutritional thing. So you can do tissue, tissue salt programs, so like protocols ones like silica calc floor for the stretching and the elastin and collagen balance because you really want to get that right otherwise you get things like pelvic girdle pain so there's absolutely loads you can do and it's hard to say because every issue in pregnancy homeopathy can support I would say even things like strep b we can work with which aren't emergencies we're told they are but they're not mm. but things like preeclampsia that's where we would just say you know you need to go you need to go to hospital and you need to because we just you can give things that would prevent that but you would like when you it's know, happening yeah. and and you're pregnant you don't want to risk it do you yeah and homeopathy isn't a preventative we shouldn't really use it like that although we do you know things like tooth extraction we like to give emeralds and so the tooth just pops out you know <laughs> we shouldn't really but we do because there's so many hard rules about homeopathy, again, like with everything. And I'm a rule breaker. So that makes me a bit of like college don't really like that. And because I think, you know, unless we learn to break rules, we don't know what's going to work and you can't do harm with it. But the reason I don't like to give it in pregnancy is just because the body is so receptive. It's so sensitive. So when we do give it or I would prefer someone to come to a homeopath 
and say this is what I'm experiencing and then we can say well actually what is this is this an emotional thing you know as we do as we come closer to birth are we not birthing because we're not ready that's a different remedy we're not birthing because the baby doesn't want to move or the baby's stuck is the baby not turning because they're not ready so that's a different remedy that we give you might give arnica or pulsatilla to turn a baby so then when we get closer to birth and labor you know, my dream for my next birth is to have a homeopath at my birth. I literally don't think I'll find one um, that will attend my birth because there are certain points. Birth is going to happen anyway, but there are things that happen that you can use homeopathy for, like you might use drugs if you needed them, like retained placenta, which would technically, they say it's emergency, it's not. But there is Sakali or pulsatilla we can use for that. Birthing the placenta, that can be really tough. There's pulsatilla for that. Transition, that's a whole crazy time. Um, back labour, you know, when people said they had a back labour and it was horrendous pain, there's remedies for that. So there's a whole bunch, but when you're in labour, of course, like you're not going to be able to necessarily think. Um, but there is a mum and baby kit and it has all things for mastitis, really from conception to when the baby's 10, 11 years old. So usually the mums that use homeopathy in pregnancy will then go on to use it with children or they'll end up using it with their children because they've been to the doctors and nothing can fix their children, colic, etc. Mastitis is another one. And so when we go to postpartum, that healing experience, whether it's been a C-section, whether it's been forceps and you've got a lot going on there, prolapse, even womb infections, which do happen, trauma, as you know, um, you know, you can get really far just with Arnica, but then, you know, there's so much more you can do. You can do things for postpartum depression. If you're prone to it, you know, you I like to give homeopathy in a preventative way sometimes. I don't have a problem with that. So there is a lot that can be done. And, you know, when it comes to baby and they come and they've got colic or if they, as, as much as like the moment they're born, they can go, you know, a whole day without really breathing and crying properly. Actually, that would be a variation of normal. But if they were very blue and lifeless and you were worried, you could give them a dose of like carbo veg, which is called the corpse reviver. It's really great for heart attacks or food poisoning or stomach cramps and, and loads of other things. But that one, like you could give them and then they would be back online. So there is so much that can be done with homeopathy that, you know, is in alignment with nature and it's, okay, we don't need to just take remedies for the sake of it, but sometimes it just makes life easier. And are there any, like, does all, are all companies kind of similar or are there any, like, better ones than others? I don't think so because I think the energy of who's making the remedy is really the important thing um i really like to use stellar homeopathics they are they're who i send my prescriptions through and prescriptions are super cheap you know if i do a deep deep protocol with like 10 remedies it would probably cost no more than like 25 30 pounds and that's that's that can be like one supplement yeah some of the remedies can be as little as like three pounds for the whole prescription it just depends what we need to do but then there's Ainsworth and Helios. They're quite reputable. But generally, I don't buy outside of that, I like the mainstream. And I know the lady who does Stella Homeopathy is quite good, but I think you have to be a practitioner to sign up. So I would say Helios and Ainsworth are probably a good starting place to mm-hmm. go down Amazing. south. Not, yep. not up here from northerners. <laughs> Unfortunately not. But it'll be you. Maybe you open a dispensary. I just can't see it. I just can't. No. I mean, if you're like, just... you want to be with the person, like, coaching them, helping them, telling yeah, them what to do. <laughs> Alex, Alex sent me a WhatsApp. Like, Alex is my fiance. He sent me a WhatsApp the other day with just a picture of my homeopathic box. And he's like, this is disgusting. I'm like, <laughs> like, it's not just, but just he's loads benefited of from that box. So, yeah, he basically pulled it, pulled his groin in football, so he needs a remedy for like overuse and strain and healing. So I'm like, you need to find rust tox, and he's just like, 
I'm never going to find it in this mess. This is disgusting. How do you expect me to find anything? And then I just, I was just like, well, can you buy me this apothecary cabinet? And then mm-hmm. I just sent him this cabinet. It was like six hundred pounds. Was like, this is what I need. And yeah, he's like, I'm sure, he's quiet after that. <laughs> he doesn't say anything though. Yeah, he's like, why don't you organize it like mine? I'm like, you have eight remedies. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I have. I've got like, two. <laughs> it's ever growing. Yeah. Yeah, so now I, I just dispense everything from the pharmacy unless it's like a specialist remedy, like a sexual trauma remedy that's like a combination or something that I've made specially. Then I won't. I'll just get the pharmacy mm-hmm. to send it because yeah. I can't get any more remedies in my house. I'm divorced <laughs> before I'm married. So by the time this goes live, so this will be in the new year, um, you'll be, well, you're already seeing clients, you're doing emergency appointments, People can book in with you, whatever stage they're at. But yeah, pre-conception would be a good time because if we can get you healthy, then your experience during pregnancy and postpartum is going to be good. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend booking in um, with Cassie if you have been kind of inspired by this conversation. And I'd love to know for you, Cassie, like what else would you be doing differently next time? Because um, you're hoping to fall pregnant in 2023. And obviously you've got homeopathy in your back pocket now to to turn to but anything else that you want to share and kind of looking back to your first pregnancy that you would do differently well well Vivian next time on a really serious note like my next mission after homeopathy to go with homeopathy is to become like a radical birth keeper which is basically a traditional midwife I want to basically be like the witch of the west midlands (laughs) (laughs) and you'll have to travel to for Manchester as well and help me whenever <laughs> so for me I just want a wild pregnancy next time in a wild birth or a free birth which for many people feels quite scary at first it did for me uh because it's a step beyond it's not telling the medical system really you're pregnant and you can opt in but in my experience everything you opt into there's just more guilt there's more you're going to kill your baby every time you ring and like the later um, on the pregnancy goals like they'll get more like yeah and I don't want to go into my pregnancy fighting like I shouldn't have to fight for just physiological birth Mm. shouldn't have to fight for something that naturally happens in nature literally every single day and that's not to say that if there's not an emergency but um I'm educating myself I'm doing um a lot of free birth work I'm learning about traditional midwifery and I'm actually learning what is an emergency and at the end of the day I want people there at my birth who are I can just relax and birth with. I will probably have a birth keeper just because I want someone there's like an extra pair of hands. But also the the one that I've found, the only close one to me is like two hours away. So I'm like, do you know what? If I just birth on my own, it will be fine. Like so there's a lot of courses you can do to learn to do that. So next time that's what I'll be doing differently. And the other thing I'll definitely do differently is to have the 40-day postpartum period, which you're probably seeing Cassandra's doing it. Cassandra Wild, she's doing. Oh no, not Wild. Wild. Well <laughs> I was supposed to school with uh, menstruation queen. Mm-hmm. She is doing like the forty day postpartum where you just have forty days where it's meant to be like forty days just in your house. Maybe I'll go for like a few walks, but I'm definitely not gonna like let people around my house in my sit and eat nourishing foods and just lie in bed. That last time for it to get out of hospital. Yeah, so I'll do that different next time and just, you know, just that would be what I'll do because I don't want anyone interfering with the process because I think that's when the problems come. And, you know, I was thinking, am I throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, doing the whole free birth? But actually I've realised that every single thing I have taken to my doctors or medical professionals or midwives, they've just, like, it's like you're just nobody. You don't get answers. You don't get support. They're not open to other approaches. Like, I just have no time for that. Like, I don't need to fight at this point in my life. I just need to just get on with it and do it. Like, birth will happen, you know. And at the end of the day, like, on a deeper level, which may sound a bit strange, like, you know, don't get pregnant if you can't accept that death is a part of it. Like, it's a portal birth is a portal between life and death like it's not just an everyday thing and yet it is an everyday thing but it's like 
you know, I have to accept that that's something that could happen. And just to tune in and trust, it will be a bigger lesson for me. I think it will really connect me to myself more than anything Mm -hmm. because all that the system does is take people away from themselves more and more and more and look for sovereignty and answers outside of themselves and really it's always inside of yourself and if I think it's one of the most like radical things you can do to reclaim yourself as a woman is to birth alone and that doesn't mean alone alone but just like what is the system actually offering now this is why midwives are marching. This is why they're leaving jobs. Because birth has become another business. You know, it's not about happy mums and happy babies. It might mm-hmm. look it on the surface. It's not. And You've had nothing but like bad experience at hospitals and at doctors' surgeries. You've had like trauma actually coming from that. So it makes sense why your body like tenses up and freaks out and like it turns yeah. negative when you go there to, to birth in your situation. Yeah, I mean, I'll interview the midwife at my practice. If she's a home birth midwife, then I'll interview her. But if she starts coming with, like, if you go past 42 weeks, this, if you don't birth center, this, I'm going to transfer this. Or if she even says at one point, I'd prefer to do this over something I want, it's like, no, Mm -hmm. because it's not about them. It should be about the mother and the baby. And her intuition in pregnancy is so strong. And it's the most powerful a woman can be. And I think there's a very real reason why there are things like the pill or medicalized birth that come along because they don't always empower us and they don't always make us realize the power of our hormones, our cycle, our bodies. Because women's bodies are powerful. And once you feel superhuman after birth, which people do, these orgasmic crazy births apparently, you're just getting through birth. It's like be quite liberated. So I don't know. I have views yeah, about but it. They don't but- want that, do they? No, probably they not. Don't want to it's a bigger, it like that. They don't want it. They just want to give you the vitamin K, <laughs> put you out of the ward, give you a piece of crappy white toast, leave you alone. And they were like trying to put. The they were trying to put you back on the pill, weren't they? Like when you were out of it. Yeah. In the they middle came of the, out the ward. They offered me like Hep B vaccinate. Honestly, I don't know. They were offering me Hep B. They were offering me my COVID jab. They were offering me um, con- contraception. I was just like. What else? And then they sent the paediatrician down because I wouldn't give Bonnie to each other, double MTHFR or something like that where she's not going to respond very well to the vitamin K. That's why we chose, you know, not to immunise at this point or whatever word you want to use for it. So it's like all of those things, they're like coming and basically saying you realise you're putting your child in grave danger. I'm like literally I don't agree because I'm informed, like, they forget they've met their match with me and Alex because mm. Alex is stubborn. They've, like, blacklisted you at the hospital. Yeah, and they... Like, even if you want to birth here, like, you can't. Well, they just... <laughs> I just took the oral drops just to sh- shut them up and I told them I'd had all my flu and whooping mm. cough and fine, like, if you want them, have them, but that should be an opt-in. It shouldn't be, like, a thing that we're pushing you to have. It's like, why? Yeah, requirement. <laughs> But all I know is that next time birth will be mine and mine only and it's my thing and they're not coming near me. I'm so excited for you. And me and me, we always joke in our little group chat, me and Amy, um, you and Abby. Me and Abby are like, we love having you two mums in there because we're just learning all the mistakes, all the I wish I'd done this, all the homeopathy tools. So me and Abby are going to be like, great in the next few years yeah you um, amy's coming down for my postpartum she's gonna be my really? postpartum oh my god i'd love that said, will you cut my placenta up and put it in smoothies and she's like yeah yeah fine yeah. i'm just like she that's a true friend yeah and you know i'm gonna just only have people there that i'm like feel 100 percent solid with mm-hmm. um but i need a homeopath for my birth so if there's a homeopath listening hit me up <laughs> maybe you'll never maybe I'll, I'll do some researching is it like a good resource um particularly for the the birth stuff a book um mm. online course that you'd recommend if someone's like really intrigued by what you're saying and maybe wants to do things a little bit more natural 
You know, I've only had the ones in my lectures and there aren't any, but the best thing to do is just get the mum and baby kit because mm. the booklet, it'll cover everything. And if there's something it doesn't cover, the chances are it's something that you may need to go to like a doctor for. And you can do both. You can have a medicated birth and have homeopathy. Like I've had, I have patients that have elective C-sections because of their experiences last time. They just want to know the baby's fine. And then you can use homeopathy to make that a beautiful experience to heal yeah so it's fine for everyone and yeah. the kits are good but I want to do a workshop and a webinar in it but it's like tumbleweed I don't think people want it so uh but people want fertility right now so we'll just do yeah. that yeah so check where Cassie's at like current time because she might be doing something completely different in terms of um speciality but for now it's like the women's health hormones fertility kids health um, so I'll put all of her details in the show notes. And I just want to thank you like for sharing your story and being so vulnerable. Uh, I know that you're you're used to doing it now, but it's so helpful for people who are currently going through it to know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows in pregnancy and postpartum. Like you really re- went through it, but you've come out the other side. And yeah, even if someone like tries homeopathy for the first time, I think that is a positive that can come from this episode and maybe they can learn more and feel more connected to their body and just trust their intuition more. I think that's like your biggest takeaway from this episode. Um, But yeah, is there anything that you want to end on? Um, Anything else coming up in the new year? I know of a big thing. My pregnancy. And my wedding. The wedding and the pregnancy. And the wedding. And the wedding qualifying as a homeopath it's gonna be a big year yeah and like you know I don't even feel like stressed about all the things I've got to do really Mm -hmm. um but yeah like people want to reach out just chat about things um you can find my Instagram it's flourish with Cassie do have a podcast but yeah I mean I'm too busy with patients and um yeah that doesn't really get regularly updated that's what I did though like I had a year off and then you can come back do like another another season yeah when you've like learned more about your clients and everything yeah yeah of course of course and so yeah if people want to reach out I'm always happy to chat like so that's all really (laughs) you're not good at selling yourself Cassie but you need to work on that (laughs) I used to be but then I was just so like this is pre-birth I was just still not like authentic it's very like woo, and now I'm just like do you know what if it resonates, if you feel like, yeah, do you know, I want to update, I want to get better, it's the missing piece, then come along. Yeah. And if you don't, like, I'm just, I just want to help women, like, be supported. Like, even if it's not homeopathy, if they're just having a shit day with their baby, just message me. Like, oh, yeah, it's shit. Like, some days are hard. Like, yeah. because we have no sisterhood anymore and that. Mm. Yeah, community is so important. So, yeah, I think you're doing amazing. And what you're offering is amazing yes. and homeopathy really works. I can I can back it as well. <laughs> we go shout to Manchester. <laughs> I'll be your Manchester representative. And thank you for coming on again. I'm sure you'll be on for whatever fourth or fifth time at some point next year as well. Maybe when you're pregnant again. <laughs> That'll be so good. I can't wait. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one consultation packages if you want my top level support then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. If you're ready to change and get some answers but aren't sure which option would be best, take that first step today and apply for a free enrollment call on my website and we'll discuss the best steps for you to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.